Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And this is The Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. This podcast is all about taking action and creating that badass business abundance and life that you want. Where we share stories, laughs, wins, and epic fails to show you the whole picture of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not just unicorns and rainbows, people. Jump on and follow us through this raw and witty roller coaster where we get down and dirty and go behind the scenes of life and entrepreneurship. Get on it, get over it, and get after it. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. Lynn, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about the common denominator and not quite what you think, even though we're going to be talking a lot about sales and we have a lot of information to talk about sales, which is quite the term when it comes to sales. Uh, what we're going to talk about, though, the common denominator being you. <laughs> yes. And I think we should start this this podcast episode by saying we're not going to be calling out anybody specifically. So if you think this is about you, you're so vain. This podcast is not about you. This is a very broad topic and I have been the common denominator in many cases. So I understand. And so don't take this to heart. Anybody who may be listening to this, thinking that we're talking about you, we're not, we're being very general unless we are. Well, I I love that you said that. Um, And thank you. Now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head all day. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) However, I think that that's a great thing. I think that that can apply to any of our podcasts, especially when we're having the harder conversations uh, around like, you know, where can improvement be made or where hiccups being had or where bottlenecks, because we can definitely sit and feel like it is really, I know I've been there. I've been like, dang, this, this podcast can see through me. (laughs) They can. Yes. She's talking about me. She's speaking to my soul. <laughs> exactly. So what do we mean about the common denominator? Yeah, I love the the phrase me, myself, and I. Like at the end of the day, when the when you're pointing that finger out, those po- fingers are pointing back at you. And there's a couple of we'll definitely give some hopefully some generic stories. We can give some generic stories today. And <laughs> And I think stories are important because sometimes we don't understand. And so a lot of times, and I'll just kind of give a general idea of what we mean is like when working with a client or even working with myself, I'll I'll say even working with myself. Yes, I do work with myself. And I see like, okay, this keeps happening. This keeps happening over and over and over again. This keeps showing up over and over and over again. What's the common denominator? The common denominator is me. So another example is, you know, I work, we work a lot with employee employers or mostly the employers, but also with the employees. And when something's happening, um, you look for where the, where the kind of the bottleneck is, if you would. So the common denominator is. And so if employees continue to quit, you find what's the common denominator. Sometimes that's the manager. Sometimes that's a particular person. Sometimes that's a combination of both. Uh, but you're you're looking for that common denominator because that's where the change and the effort should be put into to start creating a different pattern. Otherwise, you're going to continue to get the same results. You can band-aid it. You can cushion it. You can even mask it a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, you're, you're going to continue to get the same thing happening over and over and over again. So you, you look for that common denominator. And especially if you're looking or complaining, like I've dealt with a lot of people who just like to complain that this thing happens over and over and over again. Sorry, bud, the common denominator is you. So what are we going to do to change that? Yes. I think with, when working with C-suite, when working with leaders in, in general, I think one of the hardest nuts for them to crack or, or just things for them to swallow is that sometimes it is your fault. Even as everybody wants to think that like, I'm the leader, I'm the one who makes this whole company run. You also might be the reason why the company isn't running well. And I think that's really hard for a lot of people. I mean, myself included, I mean, as, as a boss, I've, I've dealt with this personally, like, why do I always have problems with this? Why can't I, why are my, my instructors, my clients, my clients, you know, whoever, why are they all having a hard time catching on? Why am I always having these same problems? And it came down to me not training them well enough and it being my fault. And that really was not fun to look back and be like, oh, I'm the reason. But so often it is. And when I'm when I'm training or working with new business owners now, it's one of the things we go over right away is like, when something isn't working in your business, it often is your fault. And I'm not saying that to make it seem like it's even more stress that you have to put on your plate, like even more things you have to put on your plate. It's just a fact that in a business that's run by one person, a lot of the things that trickle down that aren't working are because that one person didn't set up a system right or didn't clarify their expectations or didn't make communicate properly or set up those education or systems that they needed to set up to, to make it work right. And it's not necessarily that they meant to do it on purpose and they're horrible people. It's just sometimes the common denominator is the leader in the organization and there's there are absolutely ways to fix it. And it's not like it's the end of the world. It's just sometimes you have to turn around and look at yourself and realize that you are the reason. And it's not fun, but it does get results when you finally let go of some of that ego and realize that you're the reason things aren't working. It changes everything. Oh, absolutely. And I do... In respect of like how I typically look at things, I do want to say that the common denominator kind of scenario doesn't always have to be a negative. Like it doesn't have to be something bad right. happening in your business. It could be something very good. And how do you replicate that? How do you increase that goodness that's coming? So, so really looking for that common denominator in more of the people aspect. And I was chuckling when you were giving your example of like learning, because I also have had those moments <clears throat> of, uh, definitely like, uh, okay, I'm the common denominator when I owned the security company, um, you know, uh, essentially having clients that felt unheard and unseen. Well, I was the common denominator at that point. And that's actually when I realized I had to, one of the, the one of the key factors that helped me realize I need to bring on somebody else. Like I was spread way too thin, right? And because I felt like balls were dropping and really um, because that was one of my core values to make sure that, you know, and it was actually a tagline that you're not just another number that I knew that the second that that felt like, like it was happening, I was the come to nominator. I was holding on too tight. I needed to be able to uh, bring on somebody else. Um, also, you know, it could be like our communication style or our mindset or our energy or our attitude. It could be very easy things to adapt to, um, 
a new way to be able to honor and support those that were honoring and supporting. And why I was chuckling is because I remember working with you way back when. And one of the things we worked on was your communication style, because you are, if we look at the disc, a very high D and a lot of your people uh, that were um, contracting under you were not. They were, you know, the opposite. Yes, <laughs> opposite. And so we really did. And and I did the same when I was leader in BNI. Like I realized, okay, um, I needed to change with my be my behavioral style, my communication style, some things, so that way we can all move forward together. And I think that that's really important uh, when finding the common denominator. Uh, and a common denominator, by the way, could also mean a thing or a process, like you were alluding to as well, a system. Um, so you know, we're definitely talking about the common denominator, like the fingers pointing back at you and and owning up to that. However. It doesn't have to be one dimensional like that as well. And and the and again, the importance of it is to either stop the hemorrhaging <laughs> if you need to from that side and or on the other side of the spectrum, there's much in between to also duplicate it, to honor it, to replicate it, um, to amplify that. So that way you can continue to get amazing results. Exactly. So a lot of long lines of getting results. That's why it's so important to set up a system, at least for me, it's always a system to track where my profit, my leads are coming from. Like if suddenly I get 15 different leads, but I have no idea where they came from, how am I going to replicate that? How am I going to find that common denominator if I haven't set up some kind of way to track it? So I think, like you said, there are positive because obviously my mind always goes to the negative. That's just who I am. However, there are positives as well that you really want to replicate and you've got to sort of break it down and to see how did I suddenly get all this business? What was it of the 70, 72 ads that I ran, which one was the one that I suddenly started getting all this business from? And it's, you've got to track it. And I know it's no, nobody really wants to maybe, there are some people who like to sit down and look at the the data and like really go crunch those, those numbers. And it's not always fun, but man, does it really pay off if you really work at tracking and try to really dive deep into what that common denominator is positive or negative. It can make such a difference in every little aspect of your business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And getting back to how we started this, like one thing that to me, like the systems, the the common denominator and the systems, the processes and, and the external things are kind of the easier to find and to come back to the true meaning of this podcast of like really recognizing when ourselves or someone in our team is the common denominator and how to navigate mm -hmm. that. So <clears throat> just for me, um, some things that, you know, sometimes they're not willing to look. So if it's not the leader and it's maybe an employee or a partner, um, then sometimes as a leader, you have to make some hard decisions, right? Are they worth keeping around? Are they, you know, are they a value? And if so, right. And not worth as in, you know, their worth. However, it, are they, do the the good outweigh the bad do you need to keep them around in that way not in their personal worth but in the worth that they the value that they bring to the company or the organization and if the answer is yes 
then some easy things, if they're not willing to recognize it, because you can't really force somebody to recognize that they do have to come to that aha moment, you can try. <laughs> and I've seen people try to get people to recognize it. However, if they're not willing to admit, you know, there's lots of people who don't like to admit that they're the wrong, that they're in the wrong, um, that they made mistakes. And that's that can be behavioral style that comes with ego, that comes with also that living in Thailand, it's a culture, there's a culture, there can be a cultural aspect. It's not just Thai. It is other countries as well um, because of the hierarchy and things like that. I was just reading something or somebody was telling a story about how a couple of plane crash happened. I can't remember which country, but it was in Southeast Asia because the subordinate didn't want to tell the tell the superior because it's very cultural to not do that right to to tell the superior that they're wrong with that being said you recognize where the the common denominator is if you need to keep them then you can add boundaries you have to stay on top of them um you create more structure around it um and a lot of times this is where you do have to be more um I don't want to say micromanaging, but involved in that process and with them uh, or assign somebody to on how large your organization is. You can assign someone to be able to to kind of oversee that. And hopefully either they um, get tired and they leave because sometimes that's a better option that they leave on their own account versus you fire them. So maybe that's why you have to keep them on and or they start to um, kind of lean into the new way. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that, those are some starting points. Uh, I'll let you talk and then maybe we can go into the, if it's you. <laughs> well, one thing you mentioned was that you can try to talk to them. And as somebody who has tried and did, and I wouldn't say I failed at talking to somebody, I definitely let my opinion be known and it was very awkward and nobody likes to be, um, this particular person did not like that I was calling them out. It was very, it was very, to very assertive people and they did not like as their boss calling them out on it. So it can be very awkward, but because of that person, that particular employees, I think you remember who this is, that particular employees personality style it had to be done up front. So I think the way that you approach the person is dependent also on the type of person you are as a leader and the type of person they are as whatever they are to you, whether it's their, your superior, whether it's a, a coworker, an employee, whoever, however they fall into it. But it definitely makes a difference how you approach them based on your personality types and how they will receive it. So I have had those awkward conversations. Like nobody likes to have those difficult conversations. I will say, however, though, even though this person took a huge ego hit and did not like me very much, they did change for the better. And it was, we were able to move forward from it. And it really worked out great um, for all, all parties, I will say, in my opinion, it worked out great for all I parties. I remember the story. You remember the situation. So without naming names. Yeah. No. It worked out really well for all people involved. But I had to, knowing my personality and knowing this particular person's personality, I had to say something and it was an awkward conversation and they didn't like being called out for many reasons, uh, but it had to be done. But I would not have done the same thing 
had it been a different person, a different employee, it would have been a very different conversation. I would not have approached them the way I did. And that is purely because of the type of personality that person had. So it's really important as a leader to assess how you speak to people because you want to speak to people and address them the way they want to be addressed, not necessarily the way you want to. Because for me, I mean, I'm a steamroller, so I'll steamroll over everybody if I have my way. But I've had to change that because as a leader, you can't expect people to let it roll off the way I, it rolls off me all the time. Like if anybody came, comes up to me and has an issue, like it's fine. I don't take anything personally, but it's not the way it is with everybody. So when you're when you're looking at these common denominators and you're trying to make change and actually make these conversations and these processes start, it's also really important to take into consideration how you're communicating that need. And if you, like you said, sort of micromanaging that might work for one personality type, but not at all for another. And it might drive somebody to quit faster, which may or may not be your goal, uh, but something to think about when you're assessing this negative con common denominators. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, it is, I, I love that you gave that situation. The funny thing is I actually remember several situations where you didn't approach some of the common yes. denominators. You approached them in a different way and you had, you know, again, results that moved you forward. So it's not always going to be the results that you expect. However, there are results that move you forward. And at the end of the day, having a negative common denominator within your organization, either it be yourself and or someone else, um, it's hurting your company. Like it is absolutely hurting your, um, your employee retention or participation. It is a morale and culture. It is absolutely affecting your bottom line. It is affecting your um, client experience, retention and acquisition. All of that is when you allow a negative co uh, common denominator to stay within the ranks without addressing it. And sometimes a bit chipping away at it. Um, you know, I also, and Amanda, we've had many of these discussions. Like if you, and we'll do a podcast if we haven't already, I don't think we have around like having difficult conversations um, and the way that you approach people because um, as a leader, you need to lead. As a manager, you need to manage. As an owner, you need to own. And if you're the owner, manager, and leader, then you need to do all. And so like really understanding like when you have to step in and actually have that conversation. And um, I think if you can do it from a, a point of view, sometimes to allow them to take responsibility for at least some of their part or to start to see some of the common denominator actions say, listen, you know, not necessarily pointing your finger directly at them, because if you didn't stop it sooner, you're part liable as well in that common denominator, by the way, if you saw it happening. So um, definitely navigating in the right way. Um, you don't have to go all up in somebody's face. You can definitely have a conversation, figure out how to move forward. You always want to try to get them to see as well and be a part of the solution, not you just making all of the solution as well. Um, but just again, keep in mind that you are a part of that common denominator if you're the leader and you're allowing someone to be that common denominator as well. So it's really important to keep things, um, you know, in their own responsibility buckets as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not always the fun part of being a leader, but no. it is something you have to do. And it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to just take all that on and, and 
own, even when you don't really feel like what you want to own, manage when you don't want to manage. Just yeah. it's it's a lot to to take on, but that's why we do these things. That's why we're in these roles because not everybody can do this. Not everybody can be an entrepreneur and everybody can own a small business or a big business. Nobody, um, nobody said it would be easy, least of all us. Not at all. <laughs> and and I'll add one other thing, and then I think we need to just slightly touch on if you're a solopreneur, the common denominator aspect as well before we cut is that because I'm thinking of like the cultural thing, but even when we were in Hawaii, like a lot of times with common denominator stuff, there was an excuse of, oh, it's just the way that it's done here. Oh, mm. this is just the culture. And I'm definitely experiencing that here in Thailand um, as well, because there's a very different way to do things in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of it is, you know, what's good for me is good for me and not necessarily good for you type of mentality, which drives me uh, batshit crazy. However, that's a whole other topic. Um, with that being said, really decide like, okay, what are the parameters that you can play in? Like what is really an excuse and taking responsibility and in, in that common denominator conversation that you're having? Because at the end of the day, um, pioneers who change the way things are done, either in a very small community or in a global sense, uh, go against the norm. They go against the grain. So can it be done? Absolutely. Can you create a culture within your company that's different and up-leveled and still respect the cultural nuances and the, the location nuances, et cetera? Absolutely. And have I seen it and you've seen it be done? Absolutely, we have. So just watch that as well, because that, that also sits. And as solopreneurs, I'll say, and then I'll let you close us up, is like the, the common denominator, again, lies a lot, like, this is very applicable to just a solopreneur as well. Uh, when things, you know, if you feel like things are happening to you uh, or if you see things happening all the time, like, uh, okay, so, um, you know, if I'm not closing sales, the common denominator should, it's me because I'm doing the sales calls or not, right? So then I find what what my part is in the process. So, Really, instead of saying, oh, it's just a bad economy, oh, it's just this, or it's just that. Yeah, those are factors. However, the common denominator in the results or lack of results, which are results as well, that I am receiving, I am that common denominator. What responsibility do I have? Have that hard conversation with yourself. Make those little changes and hold yourself accountable to move forward from that because um we as solopreneurs also play the common denominator in our lives as well absolutely i feel like this is the song this taylor swift song it's me hi i'm the problem it's me have you heard the song yet <laughs> no it is the song but this Thanks. this podcast should be sponsored by taylor swift but yes as a solopreneur i think one of the things i hear a lot from my solopreneur clients is this constant dialogue of and i'll give you an example because it just happened Oh, because of the holidays, bop, 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 bop. Oh, now it's January, bop, 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 bop. Oh, well, it's February and my partner isn't to Valentine's Day, so bop, 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 bop. Oh, it's Mother's Day. Oh, it's the second Tuesday after Lent. Like what? whatever, they're, it's always <laughs> something that leads up to that. And that's a really hard conversation, but that's one of my favorite, least favorite slash least favorite common denominator discussions to have with that you know, always something, there's always a reason it can't possibly be me. It's because of something else. And I know that's a hard one. And it's one I hear a lot, particularly this time of year. And I've used, even I have used it 
I wasn't as productive because it was the holidays. And I'm not saying that you don't ever use it because those are, those are real things. I'm just saying that if it's, if you're constant, if you constantly are finding that you can't get things done or, or such and such isn't working for you. And it's always because of insert reason here, it, it might not be that reason. It might be the way you're handling that reason or the way you've scheduled yourself out or the way you've set yourself up for failure. Because inevitably, if you aren't preparing yourself and if these things are coming up every year, I mean, Christmas comes every year. So if you every year feel like Christmas is overwhelming you, maybe you should set something up so you know that next time it won't be that way or hire somebody, delegate something, move something around. So those those big common denominators, oh, it's always Christmas. Well, is it Christmas or is it the way you set yourself up for Christmas? Are you setting yourself up for failure every year? So that's one of those really like, oh, you're right. It's not Christmas. It's me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting that, uh, this could have been called a few different things, but I love the, I love the term, the common denominator because it is finding that common denominator and then working your way out. So, well, that's it for this podcast. We want to still honor our time. We're super stoked about the, our 2023 lineup and some changes are happening. Good changes. So be on the lookout. Uh, and guys, it's not just enough to listen. Make sure that you're liking, sharing with people, um, leaving us comments. Our second book is coming out soon by the time you listen to this. Um, maybe if you're like, you know, listening to this a year later, we've had 10 books already, but still <laughs> be on the lookout. <laughs> but yes. I think that's it, Amanda. Yes, absolutely. Get after it. All right, guys. See you next time. All right, everyone, it's not enough to just listen. Now you've got to put it into action. We are so excited to see what you do next. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And to find out more about what we're doing, visit us at thepursuitofbadassery.com.